Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 218 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. That's right. We're back. Here to talk. A shutout. Are you... Wait, am I just not realizing you've been doing that the whole time the show has been Yeah, I, I mouth the, that opening every single time. And I was just oh going to keep God. going when you said... Uh, <laughs> so that people really don't know who's saying it. Uh, I, but then I thought, you did the shutout, and I was still pretty close. I was like, "Hello." <laughs> so. so I thought you were always doing like, I thought you were always like my hype man. You know, I I thought you were doing like shouting. You know, like in a wrestling match when they shout at each other, and you're just supposed to like feel the energy. You don't really need to know what they're saying. You just see like, blah 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 blah. Oh, that's what I was. I, I, I was, was in the, I was in the corner. Up my feet and clapping my hands and still holding on to the string so that you know i'm still obeying the rules as the baby face tag team yeah i'm really bummed right now this whole time i thought you were hyping me up um no i was doing my own thing <laughs> no, self, no no no, no get that right out of your mind that was, i was not helping um <laughs> all right so yeah we've got another fun game to discuss um two of them oh that's right we do have two games to discuss uh we fought no, I, see, I keep calling it like we fought back, but no, we had a four to two lead that we blew, and then we had to tie it up late, right? Is my memory? Yeah. So we <laughs> did that. We deflated, and then we and wasted and, all our goals in the Minnesota game, and then did nothing in Calgary. Yeah. Um. So we're we're gonna talk about it. Clearly, the episode is titled. Um, I should have put a question mark because I think it's more important we ask the question: Do Zadina? And Verana, do they need more ice time? Because it it really is weird, like to see how little offense we got, and then to also like drive down the line and see the likes of Sam Gagne getting more minutes than Verana. <laughs> and I get Verana's coming back from an injury, but I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> we had one shot through one period. I think we were halfway through the game and had four shots. What, what, let's stop playing this game. <laughs> we got to spread out the offense. Well, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was a it was a weird game, right? The shot disparity. 
Yeah. Um, it definitely looked like Blashill said, all right, guys, you know, I let you go up and down the ice. We saw how that turned out. So, you know what? We're going back to last year. So then, by God, they went like last year. Instead of getting destroyed 9-2, to two, um, it was just 3 to nothing. So they're closing the gap a little bit. That is that. You know what? I I was gonna say with the the shot disparity though. I I was kind of thinking like you're crazy, man. But I think even with how many attempts were were on that, so we'll say like Corsi attempts. Calgary had oh nice uh, sixty nine, and that still Beautiful. kept that still kept the expected goals down to two point five five. So. I think I know, like, what you're saying is, uh, just so everybody doesn't get all up in arms, like, oh, they still allowed a bunch of shots. They did. Um, but they weren't great opportunities, right? We can we can hang our hats on that. I mean, you give up 69 attempts on net, and your expected goals you walk away from this game is 2.55. You, you hear, what, what do we want to say? Your, your expected goal per attempt, per Corsi attempt, that's pretty low. That's uh, it's pretty lame. Pretty lame. Yeah, Calgary, you suck, man. <laughs> Sixty-nine attempts. You know, you blow. All right. Anyway, we got forty attempts. Uh, so not so great. <laughs> no. Um. So I mean, uh, pretty pretty lengthy um number of games here where we've uh been playing like crap and we're no longer yeah. five hundred team gonna five hundred. Uh, now that we're four games, uh, four more losses than wins here. <laughs> Uh, uh, Curtis, uh, Curtis is a, uh, is aboard. What's going on, Curtis? He had to bust out the emergency Labats and in, uh, in the second, hoping to turn the tide. Uh, and and of course, Curtis, it. it's it's now your fault because you said my bad. So yeah, I don't know. Is that Curtis? You got to let us know. Is this is this an unlucky beer, and you just thought this would be the time to turn it around? <laughs> what? I, I, I won't blame you, uh, Curtis. I've got so many other people to blame today, but. Uh, Mike, go ahead. I've talked over you twice. No, you're good. Uh, the uh, I don't know if that Magic Labats, it didn't work for the whole team, but I, I think it did. There's just a little bit of a pour for Grace because he still did have a few moments in that game where he had a, he had a, you know, a couple strong saves. Um, I don't know. That, that Lindholm goal is uh, pretty deflating, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, where I saw Hronik just kind of go wild, um, you know, like an Allen Iverson crossover. He just flew out of the screen. And I don't really know what happened. It was like an NHL, you know, 2K glitch where he just disappeared. <laughs> well, we got to start with some of the, you know, before we blame or point fingers, we have to start with some of our excuses here. It's a big no. reason uh, we were <laughs> not doing great. The glue of the team. I mean, for the rest of the year. Yeah, right. Uh, Robbie Fabry, as we uh, mentioned earlier in the week in our emergency pod, um, Fabry's out with a torn ACL. Mike, uh, quick discussion point on this. I gave my thoughts. Um, not the same ACL that kept him out for a couple of years and probably got him traded to Detroit. Some people immediately said, oh, thank God it's not the same one. Um, is that? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that because now we know we have two bum knees on Fabry. And I, yes. look... I don't want to make jokes out of it because this is awful. Like, can you imagine being Robbie Fabry and having a season and a half taken away from you because of one ACL tear? Now you've got another ACL tear. You're done for this season. What are you thinking about next season? Like that could be a whole season gone for Fabry. Um, so I, I'll say this. I, I'm trying not to make jokes of the injury. I, I giggle at the, um, 
I guess the fear. That's really what it is. I'm so uncomfortable thinking about it because really, I don't, I don't know if there is a good way to look at, oh, good, it wasn't the same ACL. I think I, it, it's not, it's like two different kinds of bad, right, are, are popping up. And, uh, well, my work laptop just turned on behind me. So everybody, uh, I have to figure out. Mike, you, you give me your thoughts. And I, I have my headphones so I can hear you, but I got to turn this up. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm not sure what exactly people are uh, too too excited about uh, for Fabry to diversify which knee is is getting injured yeah. here. But I do know the. I, I think what I think what they're trying to get at is um, if you have recurring injuries on the exact same uh, limb, um, you know, or what have you, um, that that usually means that it's it's going to be a wear and tear thing, and it's going to keep recurring over and over and over. So I guess on that point, I could kind of get on, get on board with that. That at least we're we're kind of spreading the wealth a little bit, and uh, you know maybe it's not just the one bad knee. Maybe he can, you know, just two kind of weird fluky ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely disappointing, especially the timing. Because if it's at the end of this season, it's also going to probably bleed the recovery time into the start of next season. Um, so probably going to be a lot of lost hockey for the suddenly rich Fabry. Uh, luckily, his extension kicked in, and he's already going to be making money on this. So good for yeah. you, uh, Fabry, even though this is bad for you, Fabry. Um, and and we get one Verana, and we, you know, maybe maybe tongue-in-cheek about, you know, Fabry that, um, you know, it, it seems like his positive contributions sometimes do get um, met or exceeded by some of the negative contributions um, on the ice, but I, you know, he's doing something right. Um, Iserman wanted to reward him, wanted to keep him around for a long time. And he, he is a high effort guy. Um, so, I mean, that that is a presence that's going to be missed. Yeah. You got to um, point out too, I think the silver lining from like a management perspective uh, we're going to have to try and fill out this lineup for the rest of this year. Who knows if this is going to turn into something for next year, too. Um, and we do see across the NHL uh, strategic injured reserve placements, long-term injured reserve placements. Uh, could be something for us where we could build out a lineup, develop another guy in this lineup, and and give them a, a great chance somewhere in the top six. And then uh, Robbie Fabry can take his time to heal. Because again, it looks like this is turning into a, a reoccurring strategy for all GMs across the league. Uh, Mike Curtis, let us know. It's a 50-50 shot on those Labats. Curtis, you uh, that a 50-50 shot, and you were going for it. What the? Damn it, Curtis. Yeah, I want. Hey, to those are pretty good. Those are pretty good odds. It, is it? <laughs> those are pretty good odds. I mean, with the way our team's been playing, and especially. Uh, 500 team going to 500. I think we need Curtis to keep doing more of those. Got to <laughs> no, get the, get the so record Curtis, back. Okay. All right. You're 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 right. Curtis has clearly been doing this all season. And that's how we've been rolling through this uh, 500. So we got we got to wait for the Seattle game to pop up so we can get closer uh, back, we do back in the 500. We do appreciate your sacrifice and your being a martyr for this Red Wing team. Curtis. Especially in Trinken. I, I have to say that that might be one of my least favorites. I'm going to... I will say Labatt, I don't normally drink, but for some reason it does taste good with ice hockey. I can I can get on board with that. Uh, Mike, but uh, bring up the Seattle game. Uh, we'll have our, our good boy Tyler joining us again, which is another reason this team was struggling so much. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, so <laughs> you're, you're talking about one shot through one period. 
uh four shots through what one and a half and then uh like like we mentioned before uh just, just we poured it on in the third Woo! <laughs> kidding of course um, <laughs> yeah i mean the whole thing didn't go great i gotta blow this up so we can so i can see it on my screen here um i mean the high danger chances uh are, are just were just ugly yesterday again the defense not doing great uh up in front of grice but grice played he played he played a heck of a game i'm gonna give him that i'll, I'll put heck in there x x fine um but yeah i mean we got lunched from from every angle here and uh it's it's the toosie the fabry factor uh feth dar's aboard what's going on feth hey my dude what's up feth dar so i mean it, it's like of course things we're going to be tough, right? But did they have to be as tough as they were actually made to be? Because I, Mike, I mean, come on. Well, what are we doing? Why, why is Verona on the third line in a game where Fabry and Bertuzzi are out? <laughs> so let's let's, Lisa... put, let's pivot the conversation in that direction now. So let's let's, yeah, let's get I, into this. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know he's still getting his legs underneath him. Um, and, and I, you know, it's not really fair to expect him to come in and, and play, you know, 17, 21 minutes. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just a really strong reminder of how little forward depth we have on this team. Um, especially as we keep piling on the losses and any kind of injury, it seems like we're just down a full peg or two, um, from the team we're playing against, man, those couple games above 500 days seem so, so long ago. Um, but I do want to just throw out there for the Red Wings benefit. They they weren't playing like, you know, cellar dwellers. I mean, Calgary's been like white hot. Uh, I mean, I think two losses in their past 10 games. Um, you know, they're, they're scoring really effectively. Um, uh, this, this is, you know, a, a, like a cup contender team. This, this isn't a, a terrible I, team by I, any means. I know. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's it's. I mean, look, so the power play units we were rolling out. Uh, we've got Zadina and Verana on the second power play unit, which means on the first power play unit, where you have your boys, Cider, Raymond, and Larkin. And I look. I'm not calling Valeno a problem, but he's not there yet, right? And and Gagne, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> I I get it. Like he fits. He fits the spot because of the way uh, for for which side he's shooting, right? Uh, and that's that's fine. You can make that argument, but come on, let's just if we know we're going to be this shorthanded and we're going to be playing the game, like think about the strategy we just talked about, Mike. You're limiting chances, right? That's what we're that's what we're trying to do. Uh, limit the chances, not necessarily the shots. We saw a ton of shots, but the chances, the the amount uh, of of expected goal per attempt, super low in this game. So. You've got to take advantage of those chances you've got, the few that you'll get on net. And I I wanted to call out two things here because I, I for one, I thought they were kind of fun. Um, but <laughs> one of them is just Ken Daniels' reaction. I, I don't know if everybody saw this, but I, I pulled it last night. So we are, we are going to kind of, we're going to test it here because uh, I am going to pull uh from bally sports and uh so we could we could get a slap on the wrist for this one and uh lose this later um so for anybody who's listening to this on youtube on a later date and you just hear dead air for the next couple of minutes that's why 
Uh, but it's just this amazing. It's gonna be lost to the archives. This is a this is a precious moment. You're only gonna get one shot at it. So glad you're here for it. <laughs> it's a great call of uh, Larkin Raymond uh, leading the way on the power play, and of course uh, Ken Daniels' reaction at the end when he realizes who's getting the puck once Raymond gets it into the zone. It's and I hope the audio works because it's just a three second clip, so it better work. All right, here we go. I'll let you know, man. <laughs> So far, nothing. That's oh, off. you didn't hear that? Oh, no. No, that did not pipe through. Oh, my God. Uh, well, here's the thing, everyone. I had it set. Um, share system audio. This is my favorite because this means I get to edit this later uh, when I'm doing my podcast uh, editing. All right. Uh, I guess I'll try it again. This is. Uh, I'm glad I set it up only to have it be a wet fart delivery. This is a hot take right here. Here we go. Are we ready? Come on, man. Fox 2, Eagle 20. All right. So you're talking over it. So you tell, you're you ruining it. I didn't talk over anything. So I didn't hear a single thing, man. You didn't hear anything? Nope. Not a thing. Uh, Let's move on. Audio. I don't think we're getting this clip to work. So they're badly trying right. to protect us from getting pulled on YouTube. So I, I appreciate I, the upgrade. I hate this so much. We've, right uh, we've talked I, about I it. I could throw my laptop through the window. Yeah. That happens. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it many times this season. This this 500 team, if they are 100% healthy, uh, they're playing at home, there's a good chance they're going to win half the games. Um, we're, we're not meeting most of those criteria, Matt. So I don't think that there's a lot of expectation for us to win this game. Um, but, I mean, we might not have a win until we can have Verona comfortable enough to play on the first line with Larkin and Raymond. Um, this strategy right now with, you know, well, we're going to, we're going to have a goal scorer on every line. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of dragging down Verona. Um, it, even though he's already 16th on the Red Wings in goals, Matt, with three here through three games. Uh, <laughs> but uh it's it's like you want it. You have to get Verano with Larkin and Raymond to like have a chance. At least one line could legitimately score. I don't I don't think it's going to work with Nemestikov right now. Um, well, yeah, I mean this is so. That, okay, you see the replay. I know you see the replay. Yeah, the visuals coming in. <clears throat> All right, so Larkin coming in with Raymond. I mean this this wasn't the play I was trying to show off. That was uh, Ken Daniels basically said, "Here comes Larkin into Raymond." The same Gagne. That, that is that is exactly how it sounded. But uh, here here's our play of Raymond taking it in. Mike, we're gonna see a beautiful pass across across the ice to our boy Vladdy. And this is this is the kind of thing I feel like we could try to avoid if it was Verana instead. Um, so we'll speed this up just so this makes a little bit more sense. But cross the ice to Vladdy right out in front, and he banks it. This wasn't a save. He banks it off the outside of the net, which it's it's fine. Like. I mean, we don't have Laddie to be a finisher, right? Uh, so I, I'm not, like, angry at Laddie. But, I mean, somebody pointed out, like, well, you need someone to keep up with, with Larkin and Raymond for the time being. Okay, okay. Mike, watch Vladdy on the bottom. Did he take a single stride? No, he's just cruising in. He's waiting for that beauty of a pass to come in. So get that garbage of we need some, you know, oh, Verona just came back. He's got to be, he's got to get some time to get his legs underneath him. Vladdy didn't take a single stride once he got over into the offensive zone. So that's, 
this is the type of thing where you talk about, <clears throat> see, this is the energy I needed. And then that replay not working completely deflated me, but I'm back. Um, <laughs> but that's the type of thing where if you're going to play this game, and again, shout at us, there were a ton of shots last night, but again, the calculation here of for the amount of expected goal per attempt was limited last night. So they did go back to that game. They 100% did. So that means you're also not going to get a lot of attempts, which we proved. I think we don't really need a scientific analytic to uh, explain that one, the one shot and one period. But anyway, you're playing that game. So then you have to take advantage of those opportunities because you're not going to get a ton. You're not going to get a, an opportunity every period for Raymond to have the space. Now, granted, that is a very hard pass to make, but Raymond's got the talent to do it. So if he's going to be passing across ice, there's got to be somebody that can finish. I love Vladdy. We know that. We all love Vladdy. But you could have had Verona catching that one. Yeah. And Verona can turn absolutely nothing into something. But there's different degrees of nothing. And when Verona's surrounded by less than nothing, I I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. We can't play this game of balance the the offense when we already didn't have a strong offense. Mike. When we were predicting Bertuzzi and Fab, we were predicting the lines a couple months ago. We we knew Fabry would be in there, right? I'm just it wasn't even a question. Is somebody gonna get hurt for the rest of the season? With Fabry in there, with Bertuzzi in there, we were still saying put Verona on the first line. Because this this isn't like an overloaded offense where you can find that those opportunities at any time. Now Verona did score three goals in his first two games, but when it gets to be this tough, you got to make that change. Yeah, I, I, I think the the diagnosis is there. Um, I just, unfortunately, these are human beings, and I just don't think that Ron is ready to roll yet. So I think we're going to be waiting, probably at least another week, Matt. Um, I wouldn't anticipate that. Make, then why is he on the ice? What, like, what are we doing? The reason he's on he's the ice be is on the can, ice anyway. The reason he's on the ice is he can get you know thirteen minutes. You know, 11 minutes, but he's he's not going to be able to play Larkin minutes. So it just, I, I guess Blashill doesn't really want to hot potato these guys through different lineups, um, you know, throughout the game. So he's got his, his lines etched out and it's, it's less, it's less about him um, kind of spreading out the wealth, like talent wise. It, for right now, it just kind of seems like minute wise. Like I can only play Verona, you know, about, you know, a sixth of the game. Um, and I definitely want him in there for special teams. So that means he's he's got to be on the third line. Um, so, Matt, I, I would anticipate we got games coming up against Edmonton and Vancouver on the road. Um, probably a couple more losses. Matt, I think our only chance is maybe next Saturday against Seattle to kind of get off the schneid here. I, I, I would agree with you if Blash wasn't also throwing Verona with Larkin and Raymond at different points in the last two games. Just do it the whole game. Like, the the argument to not have him on the first line is so that you can have a guy who's healthy and ready to go on the first line. But that's where my video comes into play with Nemistikov bouncing it off the outside of the net. I, I'm telling you, it's probably going to be another week. I, so I'm, I'm telling you, it shouldn't be. Uh, man, he's a human being. No. He's not ready for 20 he's minutes a game with Larkin. Really? He's not he's ready. Out he's out yeah, there. He's, he can play, but he's he's you know still got to get the build up the endurance again. You know, kind of 
uh, build up the calluses again, and it, you know, it's it's just not there yet. I would, right. I would so hang tight. Apparently, we're going to agree to disagree on the point that we made a month ago that we agreed on. But that, no, oh, wow, no, now we're going to disagree. Ooh. All right. Ultimately, ultimately, he'll be back up there. But right now, he just doesn't have he doesn't have the wind. He hasn't been playing all season, Matt. Give him a little. Give him a little time. It's been three games. He's already, you know, sixteenth on the wings and goals. No, he's uh, one more goal from moving up to like top ten already. Uh, so let him catch his breath, as he's already, you know, leading I, the team in goals this week. I say let him catch it on the first line because the first line, no lines were effective. Yesterday. Three goals in three games, man. He's getting there. Just let him. Give him a minute. Give him a minute, okay? Before we promote him to the first line minutes, just hold on. Additionally, I, Matt, this is another plant for the Iser plant. So he might right. just be, you know. Well, I mean, we know he can score, but we'll just give him like five minutes a game. We'll pull him out. So this, this is this is more just about the ice time because it's not like outside of the uh, the analytics side of things where we see that Zadina does have good numbers to play around with. Where uh, his his expected goals for his expected, uh, or I'm sorry, his uh, his Corsi four numbers, like they're they're. They're above the top half of the league. It's just, uh, you know, where the analytics struggles, the defensive side. But anyways, uh, Mike, that guy who has proved, if you take, again, what did we just say about the advanced analytics? Um, a top half of the league guy for expected goals forward, Corsi for, got 12 minutes last night. Um, that means Michael Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith, Pugh Suter, Verana, Nemistikov, Valeno, Gagne, and of course, I mean, this, these two make sense, but Raymond and Larkin all had more minutes. The only forward, and I guess we should probably include uh, Witkowski in this because he was technically a forward according to the lineup. Uh, so maybe the only two forwards that did not get more minutes than Zadina were Ernie and Witkowski. Granted, those that makes sense. <sighs> Zadina should have more minutes than those two, but I think Zadina could make an argument to have more Ice time than Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith. Um, I, I'll put out there with all the injuries, with all with everybody missing. I mean, right? We, we I mean, the list just went on to only include uh, everybody but two forwards. So what what are we doing there? Uh, and again, uh, what how how much longer of a conversation can we have on this? I just think if you're looking at a team that can't find offense. And from the only number that is consistent for Zadina all season has been these attempts on that and the expected goals for when he's on the ice. Mm -hmm. Just give him a few more minutes. What are we doing? Yeah, it's almost uh, it should it should kind of worry you a little bit as a Red Wing fan uh, when he's not getting minutes because it's not just oh man Zadina's you know he's not playing well enough to earn those minutes. The other problem is usually players like that, you you want to give them minutes around the trade deadline to give them more opportunities. You know, oh, they're on a hot streak because they got a, a goal or two right before the deadline. Um, so, I mean, if if we're trading him, his value could not be lower. Um, he's, he's not playing. He's not producing. Um, again, uh, I think we talked about a little bit on the last episode, but uh, if, if you are the rest of the NHL, who says no? It's probably the rest of the NHL. Um, in terms of what kind of trade uh, can be made here, because I, I, you're going to be buying a lot of Red Wings low uh, with this with this losing streak, um, and Zadina definitely, I mean, definitely would be uh, pretty pretty low 
to that point though, right? I mean, to that point, we're probably just playing this game of um, he's not getting traded. Uh, and maybe we're just trying to make sure that contract is, is, a, is in our favor when we're, when we're signing. Uh, I think Zadina's is doing a good enough job of that on his own, man. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, but the 12 minutes is would also, uh, not help, but anyways, um, I don't know. So that's all the bad news. I mean, I clearly, Mike, I haven't given you a good enough argument. Uh, wouldn't mind hearing in the comments from any of the folks that are listening, uh, gotta thank y'all for tuning in. Um, if you are having a little bit of fun, if you agree with one of our two takes on whether or not Verana and Sedina should get uh, more minutes or not, either what? way, look, you can like us from either side of the argument. So you can still uh, throw in that like real quick for us. Does us a great deal of good. The subscription to the channel so you guys don't miss any uh, episodes or emergency episodes. Like I've had to do two. Just like week. and comment if you think Matt should give Verona. Just let him let him ease into the pool. You know, Matt wants him in the deep end. Uh, Eric thrown out there. Blashill destroys another prospect. <sighs> you know, somebody did point out that um, this is the funny. You know, I, I know the argument is just that no, Snyder's already good to go. But Snyder's second half of the season so far. If you break the season into in two halves, he's he's playing at an elite level. Where at the first half of the season, he was playing as a very good rookie. Now he's at elite level. So it's pretty Does Blash will get credit for that? Abs See, that's the thing. You can't give him credit for that. Cider is already good to go. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, 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 um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing we've, we've played around with all season. Um, so essentially we, what we're saying is Blash will just open the Christmas present. He didn't actually build it and wrap it. But not with, with Zadina. He put it together incorrectly. Right. Uh, okay. He made a model train that doesn't run. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I do. I know we have a couple other uh, topics here. I, I put in a slide. I can't see what it is. So we're just I'm just going to pull it up. We're going to take a look here. Oh, right. I was going to ask you <laughs> uh, with all the issues with uh, with the lineup, if there's anybody on the Griffins you'd like to call up. Um and I, I was taking a look. I, I know I started the season a pretty big fan, uh, or at least I wanted to see um, uh, Chase get a shot. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, but I think I think the easy pick here is is just Bergeron. Uh, it's I, I I did not set this up well, so I, I don't want to have a huge conversation about it. But there, I mean, there isn't there isn't too many choices here on the forward side that that are really going to get you excited, unless you know you want to see Kirill the Thrill who. I think has been. I think he might actually still be injured right now. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if Wachowski is really moving the needle for anybody. Um, I think at least if you announced Berger playing, that would kind of you know wake up a few more eyeballs to you know pay attention to the game. But uh, in this losing streak, I, whew, it's almost like you don't want these guys to you know touch that right now. It's just it's just kind of a gross black sap. And you you don't want them to uh, you know dampen their development uh, being in the in the toilet cesspool right now right now I I don't know if I'm really advocating for that I I understand the point but I don't know do you really want Berger and come up and have a little cup of coffee Matt I think it's guaranteed that he'll be up in April I think I think he'll get a shot uh, they'll keep him you know within that realm of the the nine games um, I mean with Fabry being down I, I think it's it's inevitable right. Yeah, uh, but I, I like that comment from Silver there. Uh, all this misfortune happening at the worst time. I'm genuinely curious what Steve will end up doing, but I surmise 
it'll be a partial teardown. Yeah, Silver, right now it feels so bleak. It's like, my God, maybe they are going to entertain offers for like, you know, Bertuzzi, um, where I, you know, we kind of joked about it way at the start of the season. Um, and then we saw what Bertuzzi could contribute, even if he missed a few, you know, games in Canada. Um, but man, this team's been so rough uh, against the good teams in the NHL. It kind of makes you think, damn, maybe we, maybe we got to load up on even more draft picks and prospects because I just doesn't feel like we're a player or two away. I think he's he's an off if he's moving he's an off season move because you when you're when you're moving a guy like Bertuzzi I th- I think you're gonna get uh, undercut on the value with uh, you know the possibility of him not being able to play any games in Canada so if you trade him now before we know what's gonna happen in Canada over the next year and if Bertuzzi would be allowed in into the country next year I think that's where you wait until you can get the the most value out of him. I think right now if you move him, you're just going to you're going to lose cuz you're losing a top you're you're losing a top tier talent and in that conversation when you're trading Bertuzzi, they're going to say, "Yeah, but I might not get this guy through the entire playoffs." So then what do you do? Then you you give him like a conditional pick where it's like, "Well, if he play if he plays a couple of series in the playoffs, I'd like a first round pick, but if if he misses a couple of series in the playoffs, then, you know, then it's a third round pick. And it's like, well, what are we even doing then? Then we're just moving Bertuzzi to move him. No. Which I we mean, don't he, need that, to do. That wouldn't be that bad. He, he definitely fetch at least a first rounder. Um, but you see what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to, we're just forcing this move for what? And and you're going to lose value on him because of the possibility you're not going to get to play him. You know, that team who gets him isn't going to get to play him in Canada. So I, that's where... He's he's not in that realm where you have to move him right now. And the reason that you could move Mantha was because no, he was going to fetch the most value he could <laughs> last season. You're not going to get that back with Bertuzzi right now. Yeah, nobody's nobody's saying you need to, Matt. That was never said. But if you realize that this team is not a player two away, and you got to kind of you know restack restack um, you know draft pick wise, uh, prospect wise, and you obviously are not going to give up, you know, one of our 19 or 20 year old guys, you got to give up somebody with value. And the only real tradable value guy, I would say at this point is Bertuzzi. Um, I mean, I can an get accomplished, with an that. accomplished NHL scorer uh, who could play on your first or second line. Um, so, I mean, and again, I'm not dying to trade him, but it's just, this streak has been so bad and it feels like there's such a gulf between us and like, you know, playoff teams. Whew. it's uh, it's very humbling, and it kind of makes you nervous that, you know, when this offseason comes, whatever the best possible outcome could be, it seems like you're going to need yet another offseason. So that means you're looking at two more years of, you know, about 500. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it, too, is we're looking at, you know, what happens when the goaltending takes a step back, too, which which has definitely hurt us in the last couple of weeks. Um. But I think, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm arguing another point. I think you're right that if the right trade came along, I think you'd absolutely have to entertain it. And what, a couple of weeks ago, we did our trade deadline expendables and we put a lot of guys out there and it was like, if you got a Mantha offer, you take it. And that's where you get a replacement player. That it doesn't have to be Verona replacement, right? Because that was still kind of up in the air. We were just kind of like, wow, we got a pretty good winger back. Uh, but then you also fetch a, a draft pick too. And I think, you know, then you have to take on a guy to get another draft pick kind of thing like that, that kind of trade. I'm still kind of hesitant on right now 
I guess I, I, it, it definitely depends on who you're getting back, but there, there is still, are, I think I've said this quite a few times this season, there are very few names on this team uh, that I am, <laughs> you know, not willing to entertain a trade. And uh, it's pretty much, I think, I think the easiest thing right now is to say you would inter- entertain a Bertuzzi trade, no problem. I don't think right now is, again, this, you know, side note, the asterisk. I don't think right now fetches you the best value. But uh, for sure, I mean, it's it's Larkin, Raymond, and, and Cider. Uh, those are my boys. Those are the only guys, really, that you're you're really looking at. And, it, it, you know, it's about who's actually, who would teams actually want to have on their team? Uh, is, is that, you know, that's part of the conversation there. But, yeah, it's a uh, it's rather, rather short list for who's on the active roster right now. Um, all right. And we had a few more quick, topics. Yeah, I just wanted to say too, um, in terms of definitely now being sellers. Um, I mean, we have fifty-five points on the season. We're like the eleventh worst team. Um, and as far as you know, getting better. Um, you know, for for draft lottery odds, oof. The only team really in our um, in our scope right now is the Islanders. We could drop back down to like tenth. And we have a point up on them, and I believe we have a game either next week or the week after, so that's going to be pretty big for uh, the standings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win that's right a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you still have a shot to light the lamp everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contest DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, let's, uh, let's throw this out there. Um, downer. A downer on this episode? (laughs) Downer says, uh, I don't think we're big sellers at the deadline. Letty, maybe Nemistikov, maybe one or two others, but I think those are the bigger names traded. Uh, Downer, you are right there, because I I don't know who else is really a name uh, that the Red Wings would feel comfortable trading. Well, you got to throw this out there, Mike, because this actually might be, to your point, maybe there is value to be fetched uh, from a Tuesday trade this season. Uh, Hot stove segment on Hockey Night in Canada from somebody who I can't really trust, but it was a big thing on Twitter last night, so I'm going to pretend like this actually is news. Uh, (laughs) Elliot Freed and Jeff Merrick reporting that every big name will actually not be traded. Uh, And then he goes on to say, excited for the trade deadline. Um, so it's basically this. Now, what I've seen is, is Elliot Friedman going down the list of, you know, the, the, the guys who are out there being named to be the hottest targets are the, the ask is way too high from everybody. So that's, that's kind of what I've seen. I did not see this hockey night in Canada segment. So if this was just a joke by editor and Jay, I think it's a joke based off of what uh, Elliot Friedman has been kind of tweeting out and putting in his his uh, thirty 
it's 32 thoughts now, right? Yeah. Uh, putting it as 32 thoughts. Um, so basing it off that, Mike, I think a guy like Nick Letty skyrockets <laughs> if the big names aren't moving. But also, to your point, if, if teams feel they absolutely need to make that upgrade and uh, somebody call, comes calling Steve and Steve's like, I'm not moving him. And then the ask for Bertuzzi just keeps going up and up. There's there's a possibility there. Um, but yeah, t- I mean, two thoughts here, Mike. Um, the NHL trade deadline starting to suck. <laughs> Start, suck yeah. Starting to suck big time. Um, but the other thing, I think this, this does help the wingdings because they don't have the high value targets, but they definitely have guys that uh, – before we were talking about, you know, how, how deep into trade deadline day do these guys get moved and uh, how little value could they collect. But now, if nobody's getting moved and you have more reasonable acquisitions uh, out of Letty and, and Nemistikov, maybe that value gets kicked up a little bit because nobody could pick anybody up and everybody's going to be calling Steve for Letty and Nemistikov. So I, I feel like, that's at least good news for the wings that if all the major names out there are getting a high tag, um, then, you know, some of these teams are still willing to part with those draft picks and uh, a team like the Red Wings has guys where, you know, you don't need to ask for too much, uh, but probably their value gets kicked up a little bit or, or, or at the very least we will see those names move because nobody else is moving. So uh, a few things to just kind of pick through. Yeah, it depends on where, you know, how much coffee you had in the morning uh, to come to that conclusion. But that's where my head's at. I read that note and I said, oh, good. That means we will fetch some assets for Letty and Nemistikov. Matt, with, can I ask you one thing about? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was trying to pull something up here before I embarrassed myself. Um, sure. I know that we're hearing a lot about uh, the deadline. And including from this show, uh, being kind of quiet Red Wing side. Are you still seeing stories about, is it Jacob Chikrun? Chikrun. Chikrun? Yeah. From, um, the, from the Yotes. Um, yeah, from the yeah, Coyotes. Let us that, up. Yeah. Um, that there's still rumors of him being a Red Wing. Whoa. What? Yeah. Um, but it's absurd because... The asking price is more than like Zadina, for example. Um, it looks like they'd also want a prospect and a first round pick. Um, that sounds oh, like way okay. too much. So I, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that the Red Wings were actually in the running for them. Uh, but I have seen their ask is insane. I've seen a couple of first round picks, and that's why so many teams are just like, nah, I'm good. So a couple of first round picks, a player that can play now to fill out their roster and a prospect is the last I saw for Chikrin. You're getting a very, I mean, we saw him light light us up. Uh, when the Coyotes are playing good, he'll put points on the board, um, which I think is is a fine statement to make. Uh, but he's also coming at a very nice value. Like uh, they, you, you see a young defenseman, great contract right now, um, and yeah, he, he he's a 200 foot defenseman. I, I I think he'd be a great pickup. I just think that's right now for the Wingdings. I, I don't know if that's in our realm, no. uh, especially with. If you looked at our prospect load right now, heavy on the defensive side, I, I'm right now worried the the more we look at uh, the forwards. I mean, we can get excited like the Red Wings put out today, the Carter Mazer video. That's fun. But then, uh, you know, you see the Red Wings, the Red Wings prospect guy, like you know, oh, yeah, Mazer's doing great. Uh, if you're a Red Wings fan, you got to be excited. And then Scott Wheeler gets mixed in the video and he's like, 
yeah, you're probably looking at four years of college and then a couple more years in the minors, and you're like, damn it, that's six, <laughs> we're six years away from seeing Mazer be a potential, uh, you know, roster insertion. So uh, Scott Wheeler definitely <laughs> dampening uh, the, the flames uh, of excitement for Carter Mazer in that video released earlier today. Um, so, the, I mean, the, you know, the, the, those are our forwards, is it looks like there's a lot of guys who... Yeah, we, had, we I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. How many how many great seasons are going down in the NCAA right now? Um, and there's there's just a lot of like, if this works out, it'll be great. But I, you know, I don't know how many guys we're looking at that are in our prospect pool forward wise that you can definitely pinpoint as like a top six forward at this point. So that's that's where I'm like, let's let's find some forwards before we start picking up and dropping a ton of prospects to grab. A defenseman because yeah. I, I think we're, we're going to be at that point too where i mean cider looks good everybody loves edvinson so i don't that gives you two pairings right there if you can pick up some legitimate you know veterans to kind of line that up and that's more of the direction i think i'd want to go in moving forward um but that yeah, is hopefully, actually hopefully edvinson's ready to immediately come in and be a hall of famer like mo cider next year <laughs> We could really use a great. second Hall of Fame defenseman on the other side. Um, well, that's this is a good transition. Uh, Edmondson, you can see down at the bottom of the screen here, uh, 17 points so far for Frolanda this season. Uh, pointed out uh, by Ice Hockey Gifts, Mike. So uh, hey, it's a three, three guys. Pretty impressive list there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, I mean, a bit of an asterisk with Rasmus Dahlin. Of course, we're still waiting for like, um, you know, it, it's not like we're getting Norris votes for Dahlin, but still, you get the the kind of production. I know, I know, a lot of people have kind of poo pooed. Oh, he shouldn't have been drafted that high. Um, he still produces quite well for the TV he's playing on. Uh, but of course, number one on this list, and what we're talking about for all the podcast listeners. Um, under-19 defensemen in SHL history who have put up more points than Simon Edmondson's 17 points with five games remaining. Number one on this list. Number three on the list is uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, Thomas Johnson, number two, maybe Janssen. Uh, I will confess, he's a 78-79 player. I do not recognize that name even a little bit. Nope. And number one, Victor Hedman. All right, so. Anytime you're on a list of Victor Hedman, it's probably going pretty well yeah. for you. Right. I mean, that's that's where you get excited. Um, again, I would not poo-poo Rasmus Dahlin. I, I think I, I politicked that well enough to where I did not rightly poo-poo him, and I am not unpoo-pooing Should he be him. listening to the show and be on the cusp of signing with Detroit at some point <laughs> in his career? It will not be Red Wings' rant fault if he doesn't come. Right. Uh, so, yeah, at, at least uh, that was a great transition, though. We talked about uh, bringing over Chikrin and then uh, evolved it into, no, I think we're good. We got Simon Edmondson on the way. That's, that was a great organic transition. So, thank so you, Mike. I had one more for you, Matt, because um, yeah. I know we just got Verona back. Um, are we not on the cusp of getting Mitchell Stevens back? We are. And you know what? Our boy Tristan just showed up. He, he did want to give us two thoughts. I know I'm late to the conversation. Jeff Blashill putting Gagne out with the goalie pulled instead of Sedina. The man should be gone. Again, I think um, I think the writing's on the wall. I know uh, performance art. He's not here on this episode yet. Uh, he does. If he does miss an episode, we will see him in the comments later. So he's 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 gonna hear this. What I'm saying now. Um, he told us he thinks Blash is is gonna be around next season. 
And I wouldn't say there's a 0% chance of that. I think I'm just at the point where I'm I'm good. Oh, I got a question for you, Matt. Yeah. Higher likelihood of being a Red Wing next year, Zadina or Blaschel? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's a whole episode. Um, Let's see. Anybody listening right now, please throw in the comments on YouTube. Um, oh, my God. I'm going to say yeah, I got to let you have that one marinate because this is a former first rounder, still not really producing. But, man, look at those flashes he shows. You know, look at those expected goals. Well, can I? Flash show. We wanted I mean, to bring up. Man, he, he wildly changed his strategy year to year. Um, and he almost had us as a 500 team until we started playing real hockey teams. Um, man, he figured out a way to infuriate you with Verona getting goals, but still being on the third line. Uh, but man, what other bald guy is really going to do, you know, uh, uh, much better wins above replacement? Uh, Zadina or Blaschel, the likelier return next season. I am going to, I'm going to stick to it. I said, I said Zadina, I'm going to stick with it. Zadina is more likely to return. Wow. Right. I mean, he's going to come at a cheap price. I think that this, this streak of Red Wing hockey is so bad. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, – it It could be the talent. We know we don't have any depth. I think you could honestly see Blaschel come back and Xena be gone. We've but got B-Van uh, is coming in there already. Blash out. Curtis oh, with a Zadina. Eric with a Zadina. Um, I, I love – this is – Curtis throws out there. Eisman's glare during the Yotes blowout uh, wasn't aimed at Sedina. <laughs> Great point, Curtis. A plus. Um, so here's Bevan though. He is he is going to uh, expand that. He says I I meant. Uh, oh, he's saying I meant Blash will be gone. Okay, so here's what I thought Bevan was about to say. I thought he was. I thought he was saying Blash will be gone. But if I had to pick between the two. I'm picking Blash. But anyway, B-Van is also on the Zadina train. Um, so, yeah, I again, I think the writing's on the wall. I think um, the rest of the season is just going to be rough. I think you got to grin and bear it. Don't uh, grit and bear it, Mike. It is grin and bear. There uh, might be a podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network that accidentally named their podcast <laughs> the wrong Wait, name. give you one third option. Is yeah. it? So I asked what was... Uh... Oh, I, oh, I, I'm going to throw out a comment to go ahead. Go ahead. No, just the third one. Are they both going to be gone next season? Is this going to be a player on the move for Iserman? And is he also going to be looking for a new bald guy on the bench? I was going to kind of lean into that and say, if I had to keep one, it's probably Zadina. But if you had to put money down on both of them leaving, um, I don't, I don't think you'd, you'd be in a lot of trouble there. Um, Mike. It kind of the only reason that it's it's a you know even tougher question is is whose fault is it is it Blaschel's fault for not finding a way to develop this guy and kind of unlock his potential, or is Adina just bringing Blaschel down? <laughs> I I don't know, but you asked for a bald man, Mike. Is is uh, you have Paul another Maurice, bald man ready? Is Paul Maurice bald enough for you? He's definitely balding. There's some fuzz on top. Would you require Paul Maurice to shave the rest of that little fuzz he's got left? You know, it's I don't know what it is. YouTube right now, because this is this is Tristan's. Uh, bring it, Paul Maurice. Uh, if we 
could call up, uh, call upon Igor Larionov and get him in North America, that would be amazing. I, I do wonder the possibility of that happening. Uh, I mean, outside of uh, outside of Babcock, I mean, the Red Wings have almost said, remember the New York Yankees would make you shave off your facial hair? It's like yeah. you get anointed as a Red Wing coach. We shave you bald. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have much left. We shave you bald and polish the head. Then you're ready to <laughs> coach the Red Wings. Um, yeah, I mean, like this is one where this didn't work out in Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg has had the problem of – a great, great support from the fan base, uh, but it's just not a place that free agents want to go. So they have this awful game to play of, uh, you know, we need our prospects all to line up at the same exact time. We need contracts to work out and eventually guys just want to leave. And it just, it hasn't been working. And Paul, you know, let himself go. He fired himself this past, you know, this, during this season saying, I just can't, I can't make it work, which is just like the most heartbreaking thing Um, to be that self-aware too, to say like, I need to go because these guys need a new voice. Um, Yeah. So that's something I I consider to have have that quote ready too, man. From, From Paul. Yeah. If you'll allow me some arrogance, I feel I'm better positioned than anyone to know that this team needs a new voice. They haven't quit on me but they need somebody that can get them to that next place. Wow. Uh, leaves with leaves with a record of 315, uh, 223 and 62. Uh, pretty good record, man. Definitely better than what we've been doing the past couple of years. Um, <laughs> is this another sneaky move where he, you know, maybe got a little phone call from an Iser plan, man. Oh, this my says God. the Jets players were stunned. <laughs> they were stunned that this happened. All right. I gotta say that would be amazing. <laughs> the way Steve walked away from the lightning and then Paul Maurice gets the call. Huh? That's all I got. Yeah, I'm out of here. Don't come to Detroit. No problem. Um, that would be oh my god, that would be amazing. I think I would put on I would put on the aluminum cap immediately, and we would own that as our opinion on what happened with Paul Maurice from day one. But um we we do have some good comments coming in though. Curtis uh, wants uh, Babcock to shave his head and come in as prison Mike. I <laughs> I kind of like that. Also from the perspective of him shaving his head and pretending like we don't recognize him. I think that would be kind of funny. But of course, uh, as always, the opinion of the show is uh, screw Mike Babcock. Uh, I hope he never lands another NHL job. Uh, uh, I think that if Babcock came back, it would be more like the episode where uh, Dwight dressed up as Jacques Souvenir and... Uh, tried to interview again to be the Red Wing head coach. And then they'd be one question. Did you fire a gun in the office? Yes. But <laughs> I think that would be a closer uh, office analogy. There is Dwight coming back as somebody fired a gun in the office. Scotty was pretty bald. I was, was going to say he was George Costanza bald, Eric. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Eric, Eric threw in there. Scotty wasn't bald. Now there, if you look up Scotty Bowman, the first picture that comes up is him not being bald, but, um, if you go to the 2002 Stanley Cup parade, every picture is him wearing a hat, which we all know it's because he's hiding that bald head. Uh, but yeah, he's he's got a shiny cue going right now. So I, I, I would argue against that. He was definitely balding from day yeah. one. He was an um, active bald. Active bald. Balding. Yes. Curtis, Claude Julian. There we go. That's another good one. Um <laughs> I want to just get together a nice like collage of all the bald 
um, <laughs> hockey goalie uh, coaches that we could have uh, for our Red Wings. Just have all the bald heads kind of meet in the middle. It could be kind of cool. I think I think this is Eric conceding. Um, T-Money, hair will be gone after one season. Oh, um, T-Money, that is an interesting caveat. Because yeah. is it that you come in bald or the Red Wings play <laughs> makes you go bald? Jeff did have hair when he started. Um, so that, T-Money, you might have the winner here. You might have the opinion. Uh, it's like uh, when you look at presidents after their term, you're like, whoa, that guy aged a lot. <laughs> after four Jesus. years. Yeah. Um. B-Van, uh, throwing out there, we're going to head on over to Sweden. I think there's too much hair in Sweden. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we talked about in the last episode. This means that we should not recruit Fedorov as our coach because he always had really nice hair. Man. Do we want to ruin that? Oh, Jesus. I don't we know. We want to put that hair on the line. In a hair you versus still hair have, You want to have a nice-looking banner-raising ceremony. But you want, you know, like you want the worm and fuzzies to come back. And you don't get the worm and fuzzies if you don't see that nice head of hair on Sergey. So I think you save it for after the banner raising. Then you can hire Sergey and ruin his hair. Is that is that an okay strategy? I can get on board with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that hair could, uh, you know, had a lot of smoking hot tennis players uh, setting sail <laughs> over to come say hi to him. So lest we forget the power of the locks. Uh, we did have a, a couple of topics left, or at least a couple of points. Mitchell Stevens, Mike, wearing the blue jersey in practice. Um, I just wanted to kind of build up some sort of excitement for him because he's at least playing better than Rasmussen and Joe Valeno, um, who I, I'm not <laughs> tossing these guys into the garbage. How's he but... doing compared to Kowski? <laughs> what Kowski doesn't get a, he doesn't get a slide. Try. There's okay, not enough. Okay. Yeah, there's not enough. Uh, not enough data that for that future All Star. All right. Exactly. So, not taking like full dumps on the chests of Valeno and Rasmussen here, but um, more or less just trying to say, I think there. I think there's something to be excited about with with Mitch because there's been a lot of. All of a sudden, people hate Mitchell Stevens, and when he got hurt, we were all saying. Oh, poor Mitch. Like he was having such a good start. We wanted to see like, you know, him get some consistent ice time and, and things start to work out for him. That's where my head has been at this whole time. I couldn't wait for him to come back. And all of a sudden it's like, well, who cares about Mitchell Stevens? He sucked when he played for us and he did not. Um, I mean, you're talking about a fourth line center that will be put in the situation uh, starting in the defensive end, and we make that point all the time. That's that's something I think gets ignored by folks when they took a look, they take a look at these advanced analytics, and uh, you look at somebody's uh, expected goals for being low or Corsi for uh, being low. You know the per sixty, but it also depends on where you start on the ice. Mitchell Stevens, fourth line, are going to start in the defensive zone most of the time. So. What like what are we doing? You know, it's not that bad. So I, I I'd say uh let's get excited for Mitch. He's probably I mean, what two uh, weeks away. Yeah, I mean we've been dying for like a you know like a I'm saying peak. All right, don't laugh when I drop these names. Like a peak Draper Darren Helm. There's uh, nothing. Oh my god, a speedy a speedy yes. defensive forward. Um, not just a guy who's on the fourth line because he's not skilled enough to be on the second or third line, but like a guy with an actual role, a a, a, a honed role. Um, so I think right. I'm kind of pumped for Mitchell. Right, right before you threw that out there, Tristan was in the comments. Oh, Tristan, oh, we're vibing, buddy. We're vibing. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, Future did you read the whole quote was uh, telling Mitchell Stevens can be a fourth line centerman for us for a year? This is a little parcel tongue at the end of that one. Maybe be like a draper. Absolutely. 
Now, the um, the scary thing about Mitchell, and you guys can go back and watch our, our – we did a profile on Mitchell Stevens back in November, December. Uh, the scary thing is that he's had four seasons taken away from him now with injury. He's very young. Four seasons is a lot. Um, so you just got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind as we, we all hope for the best for Mitchell. Um, but, I mean, if you see one more major injury, you got to think – you know, that's, that might be it. So you got to really cross your fingers moving forward with Stevens. Uh, but still, I, I'd say this is something to be excited about, especially with a team that um, playing, playing like it is. So uh, some stability down in the bottom six would be nice. And I think Mitchell Stevens adds at least that. Uh, Curtis on board too. I, I got it throw out there. We're, we're making friends in here. Curtis, Tristan, now friends. Beautiful to see. Um all right, Mike, we have, uh, I got to give another shout out. We had uh, Pothead58. I absolutely love it. Uh, you guys are awesome to listen to. This is from Apple Podcasts. Quality content, very entertaining. Reminds me of my brother and I discussing, more so bantering, each other over sports. Love it. Keep up the good work. And let's go Red Wings. Five stars. Pothead58, you are the man. Thank you. Mike, we've got our streak going here. Every episode, we've gotten a new review on Apple Podcasts. Does the world to our numbers. We really appreciate it, guys, as we keep trying to grow here. I uh, appreciate everybody that stopped by uh, for the Ulevi uh, episode that I, I threw out last week. So that happened right after we stopped recording. And then, um, yeah, we had the Robbie Fabry uh, quickie episode, too. So I got uh, to throw out the appreciation there for everybody who stopped by for the three-minute episode or whatever I put together there. It um, does mean a lot. Um if you guys could yeah. do the very least for us, uh, would just be throwing a like on the YouTube uh, page here or on the on the episode. And if you guys are listening on the podcast now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate that uh, that shout out, that rating, subscription, review, the thumbs up. I, I'm not really sure. Is Spotify doing a star rating? Many uh, yeah, stars. Yeah. Uh, however, that works out. We really appreciate it, guys. Um, and we do have, uh, you know, our, our stuff on the shop. It's podcast.com. Click uh, the shop button on the homepage. And we still, I've got to take five minutes to put our Iserman fleece fleece up there. But when we do get a trade, we are going to do what our next, you know, from that trade, next live episode, we'll be giving away some fleeces. So you got to tune in for that. We'll have our Iser plan fleece fleece ready to go. But uh, we got to wait for some darn trades to come in. Um so when oh, that happens, yeah. Before we go, it's okay. I don't think you did for this one. We're still waiting for uh, something. I think the we have the Oilers game coming up. Did you want to tease that one too before our next episode? Uh, loss. Is that is it? Uh, by how many goals, Matt? Are we doing? Is this like a draft? You know, we're sponsored by DraftKings. Matt, they are sponsored. The Matt special. Um, uh, I'm gonna say. All right, we still don't have Tuzi or Fabs. I mean, Witter's going to be out there, so you got to think at least five goals. I think, Ooh, right? Wee. Five five goal differential. All right, so here's my here's my thought process. Right, even if you put Verona on the first line, still got to compete with a couple of lines on Edmonton, and with how bad our bottom six is playing, um, and Edmonton's biggest problem is their bottom six. We might be, with how we're playing right now, one of the few teams that Edmonton can compete with bottom six wise. So I, and we've talked about it a bunch. Our first line 
from advanced, you know, the advanced analytics perspective, like we talked about them at the, at the beginning of the year, Jay fresh actually with his numbers had them listed as like a top five line. And that was, uh, you know, I should say that was actually Bertuzzi and Verana. Uh, but Lucas has definitely added a ton to this first line. So it's still, it's still a top 10 first line in the league, but, um, I mean, you're talking about going up against Connor McDavid. So I don't, I, I, he adds so much gives up a lot, but not enough. Uh, for us to be able to keep up. So I, I, I'm joking about the five, but I don't, I don't know if, if we're only going to be able to roll one line or God, no, let's say we spread the offense again and we get five shots on net through the whole game. It it could get ugly, um, which would suck because we want Ken Holland to, to see Nick Letty play well and, you know, put in a bid. So we need Nick Letty to put up five or six points uh, against Edmonton. Just that game. <laughs> Give me know. an upset special in this one. You want an upset special? All right. I'm doing an upset special. Is this I an overtime the Red Wings, win? Uh, they've been on a cold streak, and I think it's because they don't really hate the teams they were playing. Like, you know, we played we played okay against Tampa. Um, Florida, we don't really hate. We just I think we just acquiesce um, defensively and allow them to dominate us. Coyotes, we're kind of like, ah, it's the Coyotes. And the Coyotes were licking their chops and munched on some hot wings. Uh, Minnesota, I mean, hey, it's uh, Minnesota. Hey, we're going to beat you six to five. Is that okay? I mean, how mad can you be? And then Calgary, we just never play well against them. But Edmonton, I feel like we get it up. You know what I'm saying? We get it up. If you know what I mean? What I'm getting yeah. at? Yep. I, I feel like I, we I, get yeah. it up for Connor McDavid over here. And uh, Matt, I feel I smell a little four to three win. All right. I think we bust the streak. But. I still predict us losing to Vancouver and Seattle if we manage to win the Edmonton game. Whoa. See, now I would say, I think what would happen is we get blown out by Edmonton, we're close against the Canucks, and then we could probably, I don't know. It'll definitely be close in Seattle. No, you know what? Maybe it would be a blow. Because, like, Seattle, like the Red Wings are still, like, a big market to bring over, and, and a team like Seattle would want to embarrass the winged wheel, I feel like. Yeah, they're looking at this game to kind of start winning again. Um, so you, so maybe you are right. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. We're diving too deep into what I first tried to make a joke segment out of. Um, I mean, what one episode ago, I kind of went through the next month and couldn't find a win. So uh, of course, a lot of that was out of frustration to lose nine to two to Arizona. Try to find a worse team than Arizona on this uh, schedule moving forward. Not, not a lot of options. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's gonna be painful. Give me that, uh, but yeah, give me that upset special, man. I'm buckled in. All right, I'll give it to you. I mean, Seattle too. We'll get we'll get the twosie back, so that'll be a big difference too. Um, hopefully, All we right. don't build any chemistry in Edmonton or Vancouver because then don't do it. He's gonna ruin it. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Curtis right, out there. The boys do get up for Kenny Holland. Hell yeah, they do. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Curtis, thank you so much. Um, said uh, great video for the, the Ollie video. Uh, oh, you know what? We did have to throw Can I Can I do this? I think I took a screenshot. We will allow it, man. Oh, Unless man, you're going to show so a screenshot um, to your camera. Is that what you're about to do? Um, <laughs> David Burns uh, threw out there in our last uh, shorty episode. Enjoy the spirit, guys. In all key perspective, uh, consider a charity plug for folks uh, along the Black Sea for upcoming videos. Uh, so I, I just wanted to throw out this uh, 
from from David Byrne's perspective um, of throwing out a charity plug, um, I think I think it's um, what what's a good one, Mike? I know a you can donate plug? if you if you head to Twitter right now, you can actually find a link on the top of the bar uh, to help fund Ukraine. Uh, I'm going to throw that out there. We're going to hurt Igor Larionov and Sergey Fedorov's bid. Uh, to take over. I'm just kidding. I, I'm making a joke out of it now, and this is awful. But um, yeah, I, 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 the the best link I can think of off the top of my head, and this is the one where where I made a small donation. But if you head on over to Twitter, you can click on the Ukraine button up in the uh, the search bar, and uh, it'll take you to some links to uh, for you to do a little bit of your own research, figure out where you want to donate. But I, I would say uh, if we could throw that little plug out there at the end here, I, I would I would love it if you guys did that. Um, if you don't have time to do the likes on the YouTube page, you don't have the time to do the the uh, subscriptions or the reviews. I thought it was a good point. Um, I'm sorry, by David, and I forgot your last name, Burns, uh, that we aren't doing enough of that. So yeah, I I, I would uh, I would really appreciate it if you guys uh, if you had if you had the funds, and of course you know everybody has their own. I don't, I don't want to force anybody to do anything. That's that's where I'm leaning right now, of course, to support Ukraine. Um, yeah, I mean. I hope- uh- if if that one you're, you know, you're not ready to touch that one yet. There's there's always MichiganHumane.org. Um, I'm never gonna steer people right. away from that. Good Two point. easier ones. Yeah, has a much less uh, <laughs> difficult topic to bring up. Go yeah. help some. Go help some pups. Uh, but thanks, guys. Uh, we'll have to come up with something so we have like a. Like a Price is Right sort of ending moving forward. Uh, don't don't forget to get your pets spayed and neutered. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Oh, Jared Schaff. This is a good one. Uh, end daylight savings time. Can Amen. We get, can we say that every episode? Is, that, is there a charity we could donate to for that? Yeah, it's like the worst day of the year. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, there's more banter for that for how early my daughter got up today, considering oh she's celebrating the clock, That's nice. the clock an hour forward, and she was up an hour earlier than she normally is, and we were like, "What the? F- what are you doing? We don't get a break." <laughs> <laughs> so we lost two hours today. So um, thoughts and prayers. Pour one out for those last two hours. Sorry. All right. Sorry for the clunky finish here. I did that, and I didn't prepare properly. David, I hope we did it justice, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all Wednesday. On the flippity flip. Yeah, Wednesday. see y'all on the flippity flip. All right. Doodaloo. <laughs>